Hey, this is Jacob jumping in here before the podcast kicks in to let you know that because we recorded right before the Upper Deck lawsuit announcement last week, we do discuss it at the beginning of this episode for a little bit. If that is old news to you and you'd like to skip that segment, just check the description or YouTube Play Bar chapters and scroll to the next segment of news. Thanks. Enjoy the episode. Welcome back to Ready, Set, Live. This is Alex, and we have a good week of things going on, so we have a lot mm. to talk about this week. It's been a hectic week, like a whole bunch of things happening, whether it be... You know, thank thank you, Ravensburger. Thank yeah. you, Lorcana team. Thank you, everybody, because oh, you made, you thank made this the podcast gods, more easy. Because we have some content to get into yeah, we, today. We typically record... On Mondays, that's kind of been the trend. I say, I say trend. It's been two podcasts, but we've typically recorded on Monday, and we didn't this week. And boy, am I glad we didn't because if we would have recorded this three days ago, we would have missed not only reveals, we would have missed big reveals. Oh like yeah, big time reveals. So let's jump into the news. That's obviously what we're going to be leaning into anyway. So let's go the first bit of news is something news. we missed last week. I put a little disclaimer at the beginning of the video. Uh, for those of you who are watching on YouTube, the thing is, we we recorded about twelve hours before the Ravensburger Upper Deck lawsuit stuff, and it's I think it's pretty much a dead horse at this point. I don't want to beat on it too much. I just think as a stance, tell me if I'm wrong, guys, but I feel like our stance as a channel is there's no reason to panic. Right? I I would agree with that, uh, and especially I don't I don't know about you guys. I know personally. I've read a lot into it. I've mm -hmm. read I've read the lawsuit. I read it front to back. You read the whole the thing? whole lawsuit because I was bored at work and I didn't have anything to but do. But you're not a lawyer. Let's clarify. No, that. I'm not a okay. lawyer. But I've <laughs> I've I've read the whole thing and then and then I also uh read some takes from some lawyers that have read the mm -hmm. entire lawsuit as well. Paul Lesko on uh, Twitter. Paul Paul Lesko, there was another guy that I had looked at that I actually was very intrigued with his take. Mm -hmm. Um some of the things that he said were very enlightening. Uh, I think this is a power play by Upper Deck to try and pull some some leverage from Robinsberger. I think the reality of the situation, they waited too long. Mm. Robinsberger is too far in, and if they would have they, they, if they would have done something back when they found out everything back in mm. April, this it might have been a different story. Okay. We, we we could have been seeing a very different scenario playing out right now. Gotcha. But because they didn't, the timing was horrible. Upper Deck waited way too long. Their, the release is now too soon to, to, mm -hmm. to have any sort of judge come in and be like, yeah, we're going to put a stop to everything. No, it's you cannot stop this ball from rolling. It is, it is going well, to happen. I think I... I think they kind of timed it well because I think yeah. they're just trying to get a payout. I think they're yeah. trying to say, "Hey, give us some money and we'll go away." But yeah, I, the the tricky part is they waited a while, right? Oh yeah, but it but it they, technically they, they they filed their thing as soon as they found out in April with the quick quick rules. They filed yeah. the first part of the process. Mm -hmm. so they filed it as soon as they found out. But well, they they filed their patent back in saying. April. But they, but the the problem was is that Lorcana uh, patent after well, someone's yeah, released Lorcana well Lorcana filed their patent in 2021 yeah so filing their patent for rush of icker which that that's the mm -hmm. game that they're that they're talking I about is what the president oh, yeah. of upper core <laughs> uh, whatever anyway the but filing their patent so late uh actually took all of the steam out of their lawsuit they they ruined their own chances because they they were already in the process of according to them they're already in the process of making this game back in 2018 and 2019 mm -hmm. They should have filed those patents back then mm -hmm. when they were talking about, you know, the creation of this game all the way back then. If you had any sort of idea of what the gameplay was going to be at that point, mm -hmm. file your patent. Yeah. It's not hard. It's not a crazy ordeal. Robinsberger did it when they created Lorcana back in 2021 mm -hmm. and then released more information in April of yeah. 2022. So it's so on this very unbiased Lorcana podcast, <laughs> yeah. we're for Team Lorcana. Sorry, yes. I appreciate other things you've done in the past, but we're, stuff. Yeah, we're, I, we're yeah. team. We're team I also Lorcana. had a problem with biased, some of the though. things biased. that they put in the lawsuit of like 
games, and I'm putting air quotes right now, you can't see it, but I am, games that were successful by Upper Deck, and one of them was Yu-Gi-Oh!, and they got sued by Konami yeah. Yeah. years ago to get the the rights back from them because they were running it into the ground. Yeah, good job, Upper Deck. Good stuff. All right, well, sorry for the legal jargon here the, from non, non-lawyer people, but we're going to get to the Ravensburger side of things. From Ravensburger, I think when that lawsuit stuff happened, everybody was wondering, well, what's their response? Well, they came back with a response, and it was pretty much, we did nothing wrong, we stand firm about it, this is baseless, cool. Let's get back to Lorcana. That's what we're going to do. Amen. So they've become way more active on social media. They have a new community manager, Storm Kossi, or at Storm KRB on Twitter. Uh, they, her she up. introduced herself on, on uh, Discord. And then Steve Warner, the game designer, he started posting on Twitter again this week, asking, he had a cool Mushu gif that he, he's, he's alive. Just, you know, tasteful fun. But the cool thing that happened this week, as we've alluded to earlier, we got full card images of Iago and Timon, followed by another reveal of Genie in Emerald in all his glory. So that started the week. Genie, just to break it down here, because Iago and Timon was what we thought they were. Yeah. Everybody pretty much guessed what they are. Exert, give a character reckless until during their next turn. Timon, when it comes into play, it's a one-two. It heals for one. But Genie's something totally new. We've never seen a friend like him. So, Alex, you want to break down Genie for those listening? What does Genie do? All right. For those that don't know, um, Genie is a six-cost, uninkable. And we'll probably try to put an image on the screen if mm-hmm. you are watching. So For sure, for sure. Um, Genie on the job. Like I said, six-cost, uninkable. He's a three-four. So three um, strength, four willpower. He's evasive, which is really good for Emerald to have. Mm-hmm. Of course he is. Something he to deal to with those pesky Pascals. Yeah. Um, he um, quests for two lore, and his ability is disappear. When you play this character, you may return chosen character to their player's hand. So basically, he's a really big tempo play. He can help um, bounce another character. And what's also cool is it's not opponent. It could be yours or it could be um your opponent. So yeah. it's you flexibility choose there. flexibility. So certain things like I don't know, one of the decks that we play test with is with the steel deck. So mm-hmm. having bouncing the captain hook back to your hand to play it to get your fire cans back, you know? Yeah. Something like that could be cool. But he's very versatile, which I think a lot of people like that. Yeah. I think one of the cool things about Emerald now that Genie's out is this kind of speaks to Lee Barb's kind of an early mailbag preview here. We're not going to cover this question in the mailbag because it pertains to this information directly. Lee Barb's on Twitter asked us in our mailbag section, um, what about uh, Emerald excites you or do you like the direction or not with, with this genie reveal? Now, he didn't know that Beast was also going to be revealed. So, Anthony, do you want to show Beast before we dive into what Emerald has to offer now? Okay, so Beast, uh, it's a five cost, four, four, um, Rush, and his ability is Roar. When you play this character, exert all opposing damage characters, and it's two lore. So go ahead and read r- what Rush does as well. Rush says this character can challenge the turn they're played. All right. So that covers the Emerald new cards. So to kind of dive into Lee Barb's question here, Emerald has shown to be, I think we would all agree, the control, the control ability color. It reminds me, personally, a lot of blue in Magic. Not necessarily countering stuff, but bouncing, forcing people to do stuff, tapping them down, or exerting tempo, them down. The tempo player. It's tempo player. So, I, I personally, it's funny, because I, I never considered myself a blue fan in Magic, a controly fan in Magic, but Emerald has what I like. It's the kind of control that I like. It's tempo-oriented. I'm going to do this in response to you, but I'm still doing, I'm still playing things with initiative. I'm still doing things. I'm not just sitting back and saying, no, I'm doing something in response to what you did, making you answer me back. Currently the difference between a big difference between it and and magic is it's like creature control and Mm -hmm. board control more than like, you know, we don't have instant speed counter spells or anything like that. And that's what 
typically gets the blue player mm-hmm. not liked because you can't play your cards at all. This yeah. is play your cards, but I'm going to do things about it. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not you can't play your cards at all. So I think yeah. it does make it more uh, friendly to play. Right, do, and from what I can tell, there's not much that you can't do anything on their turn. Correct. Right, so yeah, far. nothing. It is completely a single turn by turn basis game, kind of like Hearthstone. Right. Hearthstone at least had secrets that would trigger on other people's t- on your turn if it was their secret. But that was always a conditional thing. It's like a triggered ability, essentially, that you're laying down as a trap. It's kind of like a the beast, uh, the beast is mine card. You mm-hmm. know, like you're putting an ability on theirs for for their turn, but you play yeah. it on your turn. You're influencing them, but not necessarily actively doing something exactly. on their turn. Exactly. And that's that creates trickiness too. They want the game to be more simple, simple to understand. And the hardest thing, I don't know about y'all, if you've ever tried to teach someone how to play Magic, the hardest thing in the world to teach someone to play in Magic are instant speed spells. Because it requires them to understand what they should even respond to. So I commend Ravensburger for making a game that is turn by turn, but still having depth and complexity. So one thing about Lee Barb's question that I want to nail home, I think we all are in favor of Green's direction, right? Oh, for sure. We like it. I like Green. Something about Green now that we have these two cards, Genie and Beast Wolfsbane, we didn't have any top-end Emerald stuff before today. We had Lady Tremaine, but she was more of a, I'm going to grab this action back so I can get more value. And the most I could possibly do is what we hypothetically think, or theoretically think, is quest for three, right? Yes. It's like a little lore clock, but it's, it's a 1-5 body. One, is it 1-5? Which one is, five it's 1-5. Yeah. Yeah, it's Golly. not even imposing. It's just bad yeah. as far yeah. as stats go. So, it's not trading with much when it's when they're attacking. Yeah, and that's what really feels it. bad because now for previous Emerald decks that you want to build, you pretty much have to supplement Emerald with something else that has heavy hitters. Or like you red. feel like yeah, like red. Or you're building a deck that you feel like it just kind of falls by the wayside and it's really a little low on the curve without a bunch of heavy punches. Mm-hmm. A lot of weight was put on Cheshire Cat's shoulders in Emerald decks. But the, the nice thing about getting the versatility is you know, with Genie could be a replacement in a lot of people's Emeralds decks mm-hmm. for Lady Tremaine. However, Lady Tremaine will scale up and up and up the more action cards that, sh- yeah. that come out. The better oh, the sure. action cards that you can get back, the better mm-hmm. Lady Tremaine is. Oh, so yeah. that's the best thing about her. She may, with what we know now and what we have now, what maybe what's even in the first chapter, be kind of mid. Mm-hmm. But the longer the game goes, the yeah. more busted oh. actions are going to yeah. come out. For and then people sure. are going to be like, Lady Tremaine used to be crap, and the next thing you know, holy cow, yeah. Lady Tremaine is busted. How many times have we seen in like the other TCGs we've played, you have an absolutely like eh, middle of the road card, but then something synergizes with it, like this Yu-Gi-Oh for anyone listening at oh home. What I'm talking gosh. about a middle of the road, completely skippable trash card. Everyone looks at it and says, "I would rather put this in my fireplace to keep warm at night rather than play it in my deck," and then something comes out. 15 years later, and you're like, well, now I need four of them. Nope. <laughs> I wish I wouldn't have burned it 15 years ago. See, because, Yu-Gi-Oh is the only game that you only need three of. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know Pokemon was like that, like an expanded and stuff for older cards. Oh, Magic's yeah. like that with Commander. They come out with a super busted Commander, and you you get a new card that synergizes with this new Commander, and you're like, well, that card went from $2 to $20 overnight because now it's not niche anymore. So what's next? What's next? All right. I'll go ahead and describe the easy, easy one. We did get the last, I believe, of the animal companions of the six colors revealed. We also got a one inkable cost um, dreamborn ally, Archimedes from Sword in the Stone. Archimedes. Archimedes, highly educated owl. He is much like all, or pretty much like all of the one ink tutus. Aren't they all, aren't the, all the um, animal companions one ink tutus? Yes. Yeah. Right. Or Stitch, at least allies. Stitch, least. Archimedes. Um, well, Stitch is a hero. But Stitch is a hero, but he's also he's still maybe the new dog. Maybe Amber doesn't have their card just like this then, but I know Goons is a one cost ally two two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ruby has Sergeant Tibbs one cost ally two two. Yeah. I'm pretty sure all the other colors have them. Flounder is a one cost ally two two for Sapphire. Steel or it's called covered steel for Goons. Amethyst has Archimedes now. Yeah, and then I, Amber was supposed to be technically has. Timon. Just, no, but I, he's not a tutu. But he's not yeah, an he's ally, not I don't think. Well, I'm not sure. But regardless, Archimedes is a one-cost tutu for one lore. 
it's proven to be a solid stat line, but not like, oh my gosh, I have to play this. And one thing that is That's a little frustrating is we have yet to see, much like Emerald, Amethyst has become like a supporting color because Amethyst has yet to get anything expensive to play. We've seen good cards in Amethyst, but they're all, what, four and lower? Do we even... Five drop with Jafar. Jafar's no, a four Jafar, drop. Jafar's four. Mickey's, yeah, I, Mickey's a four. Mickey's a four. I'm pretty sure four is the most expensive uh, Amethyst. Ah. I'm sure anyone who in the comments who wants to correct us if we're wrong, at this point on June 15th, we do not know of a more expensive Amethyst card than four cost. So that does bring us to our last of the reveals, the other Amethyst card. Tyler, what is it? Oh, it's easily one of my favorite looking ones. It's Rafiki, Mysterious Sage. He's a Dreamborn Mentor Sorcerer. His uh, strength is three and his willpower is three. He is a three uninkable. His ability or his keyword that he has on his is rush. Uh, this character can challenge the turn that they're played. He has one lore. I freaking love this card because <laughs> it's the one, it's the one keyword that I had not yet seen in Amethyst. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like there's there's plenty of keywords that have been floating around. In, the pocket watch gives the rush. Pocket, it gives <laughs> yeah, the, rush. it gives yeah. rush, but it's not so cost one. Yeah, when it's you do not. It. It's not a keyword that has been seen on an actual character yet. Mm -hmm. Or yeah, uh, to give for agency, Amethyst. yeah, to immediate response. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like I would consider any rush character is pretty much like an action card. Oh yeah, because they at least have the ability to do something and remain around if they're removing something smaller. Which is something that we figured out, or at least played around with earlier today when uh, so me and Jacob actually got to play some games. And that was one of the things that we we played around with was some of these these newer, newer cards, cards, and that it it came up. We we didn't I didn't think it was gonna come up, but having mm -hmm. that that one where you just have something that just pushes in a little bit mm -hmm. that rush definitely makes helps. a big deal. It does. also makes you have to think about your plays a little bit more when you have rush, you know, because as a part of the game, yeah, as a part of the game, you can't just freely you know quest away and mm -hmm. then they have to play something, and then they can. Hit me, yeah. you know. The rush actually makes you have to think a little bit more, which is nice for the back and forth. I think some one of the things we've gotten used to with our playtesting with these early reveals is there's not much responsiveness you have. That's the point you're you're talking yeah. to, and so if if your opponent has nothing on board, you feel completely safe. But that's starting to change, and I'm like for it. sure. So this brings us to the next topic, and it's kind of the theme of the show. We decided to have some fun, and in the era of before we got card spoilers, we were thinking, let's make some cards of our own. There is a website, and I believe... Vintage, vintage uh, I think it's VintageCCG.com. Okay. And so... If you go to, there, there is a, there's a tab on VintageCCG.com where it is, uh, it is Card Creator, and just below that, there's Disney Lorcana. You can make your own Disney Lorcana card from your favorite character, whether it be, I've seen a couple of them online where somebody made Darth Vader. <laughs> why were you? Why would you do this? Because Star Wars is already being made into a card game. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. So I've seen I've seen things like uh, like Star Wars. Uh, I've I've seen plenty of really interesting Disney characters that that people have been using. Uh, but like Jacob was saying, we we decided that we would have a little bit of fun this week, mm -hmm. and we would. Uh, create our own uh, interesting Disney Lorcana cards. Those for watching everything, you can actually see. I yeah. think we're gonna pop the images oh, up. For we're sure. gonna have them created. So we're gonna. Yeah. This might be a time where you want to actually look. Yeah. At pull, the video. Pull out the phone. <laughs> look if you can, so you can get a visual representation. I know I'm a visual learner. I like to see it in front of me. So one thing before we get started with our first round of cards, because each of us are gonna go ahead and give one card to contribute. We want to do this in the context of kind of like an award show. We did not build or make these cards with these awards in mind. We just wanted to give you the chance to rate these cards or let, let you decide about the balance of these cards. So we will, after all said and done, nominate these ourselves, but then get, let you vote on Twitter and YouTube uh, throughout the next week after you hear this episode. So the, the awards are Most Overpowered, Most Balanced, and Best Flavor. So with that being said... Gotta love a good flavor Anthony, win. how about you start us off 
with your first card. Okay, so the card that I have is called Jafar. It's a seven drop, five seven. Jafar, all powerful genie. <laughs> um, he's a shift five, um, and his ability is do as I say. When Jafar quests, exert and give reckless to up to three chosen characters. Then ready Jafar and gain reckless until end of turn. Oh my god! So the idea behind that is do as I say. So he's saying, hey, you three do my bidding, basically. <laughs> and then, you know, he's like, all right, well, since I've quested freely, I'm all powerful now. I'm going to do it too, you know. Yeah. We're going to go all in on this, you know. And he's also one nice. lore. Okay. That's, so, that's nice. So immediately with the strategy of that card, I'm seeing an opportunity. There's that big bomb clear. you were talking about in Amazon. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> um, I'm starting to see... We did say it was an amethyst card, right? Was that... I did not say okay. that. Well, it's it an is amethyst an amethyst card. Oh, I'm looking Seven at it. Drop. It's purple, bro. <laughs> We're looking it at is it right purple. Now. So one thing I can think of with that card, the strategy of that would be um, you're going to nail down some opponent's characters, and then you're going to smack them with a 5-7 body, but you're going to get to get some lore while doing so. So it seems like that's a pretty beefy card. Yeah, I, I, so love, I love the sure. shift being added onto that instead of it just being its own thing. Oh yeah, I like the turn four to turn five, but you're mm-hmm. you're losing your challenger card mm-hmm. for it. But he's going to get that five uh, strength anyway, so that's really yeah. nice. What and about it, would, it? What about it being inkable? I didn't mention that. Is, yeah. is it being inkable? You know, too strong. I think being inkable is a little strong, but I could I, I could buy it. He's I mean, an all powerful genie. I, I, mean, I mean, I will say the one thing, the one thing that it doesn't have going for it is. It, for seven drop, it only mm-hmm. quests for one lore. I, yeah. Of course, he's gonna, you know. So it's whenever he quests, exert and give mm-hmm. reckless to up to three. So he's only getting one while he's doing that. So that kind of does help balance it out. He's I, not I, questing for a ton. I, for yeah, I feel like that. it's playing a lot off of the uh, the four drop Jafar. Mm-hmm. It, it being the the challenger type, like that's yeah. that's the mentality that it has, and the fact that it does go up to five mm-hmm. and. The, the Jafar, the one that we already have in the game, already only goes up to five as far as the challenger it's, ability. Yeah, it's full so strength. its full strength is five, but this being a five seven, it's like mm-hmm. it got its full strength. But it's yeah, because mm-hmm. being able to being able to got a lot of to quest and then ready now. back up and then challenge yeah. is strong. And it's set up where uh, you could have no, they could have nothing, and you get to quest for free because you can just choose nothing, right? So, bomb card, oh, sure. bomb card. Yeah. very powerful, very very strong, <laughs> all powerful. <laughs> all right, Alex, what's your card? All right, so my first card, um, I'm gonna do Goofy, three musk, one of the three musketeers. He's gonna be in steel as well. Okay, he's he gonna be. be five cost inkable. I made his stats four four, and I believe all of the musketeers should have bodyguard. Okay, so I'm sticking with bodyguard on him. And he's going to quest for one lore. So um, he's going to quest for one lore. So that's going to be his balancing part, um, is only being able to quest for one lore, because most things that cost five quest for two. Mm. Um, but he's going to have, you know, it's all for one and one for mm-hmm. all, you know? So that's yeah. the saying. So his is one for all. So your other musketeers get plus one willpower while he's on the board. So Okay. So okay. He, he, Do they Mickey, say anything else? Or is it just all for one and one for all? All. Um, no, nope, it's all for one and one for all. Yep. Dang, Donald Duck is high and dry. Maybe maybe Donald <laughs> Duck, maybe Donald Duck will be and. and. <laughs> it's but the thing that ties good. them both together. I, Goofy okay. just seemed like the one that would buff everyone's willpower. Mm-hmm. Um, I always remember him, you know, being kind of a shield type character in yeah. my head, just from other games too. So I was about to say, yes, I know. Yeah. <laughs> other games too. So he gets the willpower. Mickey. We'll give the um, buff to the attack, and Donald will. Is this low key becoming a Kingdom Hearts podcast? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, they're not musketeers. I will die on this hill. No. So who's next? Okay, so uh, for one, oh, my response to that yeah. is, heck yeah, yeah, oh for, for sure, for because sure. Everyone I, wants the musketeers. Yeah. Putting it in steel, also, I think it's more fun, even if it might be a little more powerful. Uh, it's more fun because it makes it where you you don't have to force a color combination. To have musketeer synergy, yeah. and you got to consider you're a four four, right? Yes. So if you have Goofy on turn five, and then Mickey on turn six, yep. instead of their stats that you see, Goofy, thanks to Mickey, would become a five four, five, four. four. 
and then Nikki, Nikki would become a three, three. or no, a, two, no, two, a, two, a two, eight, eight. two eight, yes, a two eight bodyguard. So big. Now them all having bodyguard doesn't mean that they necessarily protect each other. It kind of takes away the bodyguards like flavor, which but, is nice because they're like bodyguarding for your other stuff. Yeah. So putting them all in steel would at least help with we steel bodyguards will stand firm and protect whatever other color ink you have in this deck. Build a wall because you know that if you put anthem effects like musketeers in your deck, you would want to put four of. Yeah, almost all. Oh, of them. for sure. So I could see a case where like maybe Steel has these top end musketeer threats, and then you fill it with like your amethyst. You steal it with amber, sapphire, cheap stuff, and mm -hmm. fill it in, and then have your top end steel bombs that are all musketeers. I like it. I like it a lot. I'm a big fan of the bombs. So. <laughs> and you will see that I'm a big fan of the bombs with my card. My uh, my main man Mufasa is who I decided to make. I made a Mufasa card that is Mufasa Brave Father. I wanted to not speak towards the the uh, intimidation factor of Mufasa. I wanted to speak towards like what makes him a special character. And what makes Mufasa so special to me is that he's able to have that intimidating presence, but also have the respect and kindness and love as a father. I'm not a father myself, but he's the kind of father I would I'd want to be, you know? So as an eight cost. What would Mufasa want Ooh. to teach? An eight-cost inkable, mind you. It's important. Because it's very important. I, I recognize this is a balancing factor, but he's a ruby eight-cost seven-six two-lore bomb. Okay, now two-lore is the weaker point, but we'll get to that. So what your, is, your stats-wise, like you go off of Mickey being eight-drop in the mm -hmm. same color, so you got to kind of think about yeah. that when you're... He's not evasive, yep. and, but and he, he has heavier strength and willpower, yeah. but he has less lore. Yep. So he has to have an ability that I would deem stronger than evasive to make him worthwhile. And I believe this is stronger than evasive. His ability is no one messes with your dad. And it's if Mufasa successfully banishes a character in a challenge, it does not say during your turn or during your opponent's turn, give your other characters plus one strength, plus one willpower, and plus one lore until end of turn. Holy cow. So, well, I guess if it's on their turn, it doesn't matter as much. Yeah, for the lore, it doesn't yeah. matter as much. But it does but matter about think that about, plus one, plus one. Think about this. I did not give him bodyguard because that would be super mega busted. All right? Oh, and so he far, could. not on theme with Ruby. Yeah. So far. Yeah, not on theme with Ruby. Yeah, he's a, a Ruby card. So I wanted to give him some sort of a challenge-focused aggression, but also intimidating presence. So it's the way I see this card playing out, you have Mufasa sitting there, ready to go. Even when you play him, he's relevant to your opponent's next turn because they can't challenge him, but they have to consider, boy, I might want to clear their cards right now, or I'm going to have to mess with Mufasa and his whole squad. And on your next turn, you get a chance to challenge with him. Maybe you have effects that like maybe he could get tapped or exerted in another way. But I like to imagine Mufasa can actively challenge into things and then buff your other characters to make them all stronger to be able to either challenge opposing characters or quest for heavier amounts. Or on your opponent's turn, if Mufasa is exerted, it makes them think, well, I really want to get rid of Mufasa, because he's a problem, but if I do that, all of their other characters get trickier, too, to deal with this turn. So, you know. They would focus him. He, yeah. he essentially kind of has bodyguard. And without, it's, <coughs> without having or, bodyguard. Flavor-wise, yeah. there is flavor text on the card, and it says, I'm only brave when I have to be and have no other choice. I was scared I might <coughs> lose you. So, when would your deck be the strongest? Flavorfully, when Mufasa... Takes out a lot of stuff, but also gets taken out in the mm -hmm. process. So, I he's kind of stronger. I than like Simba. it. I like it because it'll be good against those aggro decks because they may have to trade more than two. Mm -hmm. You know, and you're gonna get buff, buff, buff. And buff, buff. I'd see most of the time, you know, he's gonna trade two for one. You know, mm -hmm. either him challenging and buffing on your turn, then their turn they trade. Yeah, you know, something else in most time. But when you get that extra third value from it, that'd mm -hmm. be really strong. Oh yeah. I don't think it's like that. It's, no, but. the end of turn is what helps mm -hmm. balance it because you can play around it if you play smart, depending on what kind of mm -hmm. deck. And there's always Dragonfire. There's always Let yeah. It Go. I mean, mm -hmm. and that, yeah. those cards will be great against this card because the value. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. All right, Tyler, what's your card? Okay, so I I made two, and I'll start with the first one uh, this time, and then second round I'll I'll do the other one. But uh, so the first one that I have is. We said Disney properties. This is still technically a Disney property. So I did Baymax Care Provider. Hmm. Uh, so he is a three uninkable ruby 
He's a one, two hero robot. And his ability is scale from one to 10. When this character enters play, remove up to three damage counters from target character. And he is a one oh. lore. He is, he is a, a very much oh. against the norm. Oh, he's healing uh, basically. Yeah, he's, he's very much against the norm of Ruby, but it plays really well with the second card that I that I have, uh, and and that's the reason why he's there. Now I do eventually want to like make a shifted version of <laughs> I this. Say, I didn't. He's like I a didn't, perfect character for a shift. I like didn't. I didn't get to do one. Yeah. But I will eventually. There there will be a time where okay, there is so going to be. How much are you hurt from a scale of one to ten? You yeah, can heal up yeah. to three. From okay. A, from a scale uh, on a scale of from one to ten, how do you rate your pain? Yeah. What's his flat flavor? Uh, so. His flavor text says, I cannot deactivate until you say I am satisfied with my nice, care. Nice. <laughs> That's very I like nice. that a lot. So I, 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 oh, wow. I did spend quite a bit of time like tinkering yeah. with certain cards and, yeah. and I sent a couple of them to Anthony, but uh, that's for a completely different subject because... <laughs> That's there was a lot of overpoweredness. If we're gonna talk about overpowered cards, I made a couple. Yeah. <laughs> uh but no, this one I felt like it was it was balanced for being just one one lore and only being a one two. Mm-hmm. Uh and also being uninkable. Like that yeah. that makes it that's the balancing parts of this. And also being a three cost, but being a three cost that removes up to three damage counters, like that seemed like Timon is a one ink and he removes up to one. One. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, I honestly, I think it might be a little underpowered. I, th- I think it could be inkable. Yeah. I yeah. think it could be I, since it I only, too. since it only quests for one lore and it's only a one, mm-hmm. two, I think it totally could be. The, the, mm-hmm. the thing though is the second card really plays around. Well, we with, will keep that yeah, in mind. The, when, for those of you who are listening right now, wait until the second round to hear what the second card does, and then you will understand the reason why this is perfectly balanced. All right, so we are going to wrap up the first round with a quick reminder. We had Jafar, all-powerful genie from Anthony. Freaking awesome. We had Mickey or Goofy Musketeer from Alex. Heck yeah. We had Mufasa, Brave Father from Jacob, myself. I loved it. And we have Baymax, Care Provider from Tyler. So keep that in mind. We are going to move on to our... Uh, we're going to split up the card cost or the card creator discussion with the hot takes. Hot so, takes, Katie. Last episode, we saw a lot of support for the hot takes section. I appreciated it. We all kind of enjoyed coming up with our own little hot takes. But to pare down the segment a little bit, give it a little more focus, less just back and forth on what we think of all hot takes, we're going to do one hot take. So, who has our hot take today? Funny enough. I do because apparently everybody really liked to to hear Aurora is overhyped <laughs> as a hot take. So I went one step further. I think <laughs> okay. I think that everybody knows that Steel is probably one of the best secondary characters or secondary Inks. colors yeah. in in the game of Lorcana. I think that after everything is said and done, all the cards have been released, especially for the cards that have been released recently. I think Emerald will eventually take the spot of being the best secondary color. I think the it the overall cards, what it brings to the table of control, specifically on the control side, because there's plenty of decks that have either ramp or they have uh, they have the push. Like red, like obviously we already know Ruby Emerald is a good deck, mm-hmm. uh, but things like uh, like Sapphire with removal, and specifically with things like Let It Go, mm-hmm. and also just uh, protection on mm-hmm. the on that side. I think to pair all of that with something that is very control based and what Emerald does, I think. I really think that it's probably the best secondary color to go with things like even steel. It, I think it works really well with steel. We've we've got an emerald steel deck that mm-hmm. does pretty well, and we're, in our playtesting, it's strong. Yeah, it's good. So I, I think I think emerald is s- super overlooked as a easily probably one of the best secondary colors. So you're you're saying your hot take is that. Steel is not 
the best, most consistent backup color. I think emerald it, is. I think it's definitely one of the most consistent. But I think you emerald think all said and done. When it's all chapter, said and done, you're gonna see more emerald decks than steel decks. Basically, I, mm. I think because so. emerald will pair with multiple things. Okay. Steel will too. But he's saying that okay. emerald will be number one. Basically, all right. Yes. Okay. Anyone, anybody else want to take the floor for so their I'll primary start, argument? I'll start. Um, my first argument is I think it's kind of funny because, like you said, contradictory. I think the two colors pair very well together. <laughs> oh, yeah. So the bodyguard element plus the small pinging of fire at the cannons mm-hmm. is really nice for Emerald because then it makes those trades even more complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, so Steel supports Emerald really well. However... I will kind of semi-agree. I don't think still will be the number one. I think it's strong right now because it, it can, has it, the most cards it, out. And it can overwhelm with just its little bit of control. I'm going to lead towards Amethyst being mm. it. Because right now, Amethyst has proven to be the best card draw. Mm-hmm. And everyone else... Like Magic Mirror. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Magic Mirror... Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not a good card. Okay, so friends on the other side. And Maleficent and those two being able to work hand in hand. I mean, those, what, four copies of each card? So those mm-hmm. eight cards can go in like every Amethyst deck. It oh, does yeah, not sure. matter anything else. You could put those in there. And so far, the draw power that we've seen, and of course we don't have any Ruby draw power and we don't have any Emerald, so that will change a lot of things. But it seems like Amethyst is going to have the best card draw and maybe all the other ones will be a little more restrictive. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe... You know, who knows what they'll get, but still being, oh, you have to have no cards in your hand and you can do it, you know, and stuff like that. I see Amethyst being the best support because of the card draw. Secondary color, not primary, but secondary. I'm going to attack this hot take from a different angle. Your hot take was saying that Emerald's going to be the best support color, okay? Or the best, like, secondary, like, Additive. I'd be the best thing. main color. That's that's my point. <laughs> yeah. I believe, based on what we've seen this week, especially, it could be the best. I think Emerald. Color. If they keep this up, I think Emerald could be a very strong mono-colored deck. I think Emerald could say, "Forget your support. I am the main character." Yeah, Emerald is good. However, to speak to your hot take in another way, a secondary color is something that amplifies the effects and uh, gives you more options, helps you maneuver from between your plays more frequently. And I believe that Steel is still the strongest color at that and will be because Steel is efficient removal and aggressiveness with cheap cards. And what's more easy to weave into your other plays and be a supportive color? I think Steel's cheap removal and steals cheap challengers, weave between the plays of the main characters you're wanting to do in other colors. Steals good, too, as its, its own color. But I think Bodyguard already lends itself to being a supportive thing. I mean, heck, there's a support keyword in Amber we're not even talking about. But um, I, I'm, I'm more of a steel secondary guy myself just because I think Emerald is the show. So I do want to defend it a little okay. bit. Okay. So You are allowed that. Yeah, I, yeah, in the U.S. I, Constitution, uh, I, I would like to rebut. Um, so, my, my rebuttal to that is going back to uh, Ruby Emerald. Okay. Um, because this is the reason why I think it's the best support color. Because you look at what Ruby Emerald does, and you yeah, look pick at up what that Emer- starter deck if you're going to Gen Con. Oh yeah, for sure. Please, <laughs> please do. Uh, <laughs> the the Emerald deck lends itself the best to supporting exactly what Ruby wants to do. It gives other your opponent's characters reckless. They have to challenge into you, so they're obviously going to have damage already done to them. And then it also includes Rush, so it, it's okay. it's going to give Ruby exactly what it wants in prone targets. It, it's going to it's going to give your opponent the hardest time to deal with because the moment that any of their characters have reckless, they have to challenge into whatever you have. Okay. If they're then on top of that, having the ability to give, say, something like Aladdin, Rush, and <laughs> all this, it, because if you're having to play it by itself, mm-hmm. like say well, Amethyst is giving Am- it Amethyst Rush. can give Aladdin Rush right now. I thought. 
Dun. Pocket watch. Oh, <laughs> okay. Wait, uh, I thought. Um, oh no, that is that's that's um, white rabbit pocket watch. Mm-hmm. But technically, Emerald can help Aladdin already with yeah. the little Aladdin. So basically, yeah. you come out mm-hmm. shifted and yeah. beast and a good and go. to yeah. your point, beast. If if the characters if are anything damaged, is damaged, it, it automatically it. exerts yeah. all of them. I get so that. I get that. That's, that color pattern is going to be good. It, yeah, Emerald lends sure. itself. To help aggressive colors, yes, by laying the traps, yes, yeah. and that's and okay. that's part of the reason why you know in talking about emerald and steel that it's that that is exactly mm-hmm. what it does. It, it helps the aggressive deck, and okay. steel likes to be aggressive. All right, well, that is a good hot take. Good hot take. Good hot take. Okay, so that has been the hot takes with Hades segment. Hot takes with Hades. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> wow all right so we're gonna, we're gonna go to the second round of create a card anthony why don't you start us off again with your your uh create a card round two candidate all right so this one tyler made yes uh, wait did you're i send you the double corrected dip, one tyler did i send you the corrected one okay i did send you the corrected one okay. all right Woo! so this one is a three cost inkable uh emerald called sora's wait Keep. a second is that a Kingdom Hearts card? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. You oh couldn't keep me out of it, my guy. You, know, you couldn't you know, keep me out of it. Kingdom Hearts. We're going to allow this to be read. The, the floor will allow, will allow this to be read, but but this is your final warning. <laughs> Ravensburger, if you're watching, yeah. we need these promos, apparently. <laughs> ten years from now when Kingdom Hearts 4 no, comes sir. out. Yeah. Two years. No, ten. Two, two years. Okay, read your card, please. All right. Sora's Keyblade Chosen. It's a 2-2. Two, two. Its ability is Best of Friends. Oh, it's uh, one lore. Best of friends, when this card enters play, add one Donald or Goofy character from your deck to your hand, then shuffle your deck. There's a hard, that can go with any Donald and any Goofy, and there's yeah. already multiple Goofies or multiple okay. Donalds. First of all, there might be multiple. I don't play um, that game, but I do like the flavor. But that's about it. <laughs> because I don't like the direction. It's a three cost. <laughs> Just to quickly wrap up the point. You know what? Before I say that, Anthony, why don't you go ahead and defend your card or. Speak to what you like about your card here. I mean, I just like that it's Kingdom Hearts card. You okay. know what I'm saying? <laughs> I want to give you a chance. I'm right there with you, I want to give you a man. chance to I'm lay right there every with you. And then the two other non-Kingdom Hearts <laughs> for this game, guys, will I'm, talk. I don't want to paint myself as a hater. Yeah, okay. I played the I game. Don't, I don't want people, one or two of them, and yeah. I enjoyed them. I did not play the game, but I don't want people to paint me like, oh, he hates everything Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> what an uncultured swine. <laughs> but... I just want to say. I mean, I didn't say that. You said. Speaking that. to the card text alone, you could call that Mickey Mouse if you wanted to make oh, it completely sure. Disney themed. Because you said Donald or Goofy, right? Yeah, yep. right. it could literally be Mickey Mouse. I mean, that'd yeah. be fair. Speaking King to Mickey. the card text itself, I do not really care for the idea of tutors in the game. And here's why: it's one reason. It's not because they lend you towards building combo decks. Combo decks or whatever. You're always going to have combos. It's that they add time to the game and they add decision making to the game that takes a long time, especially for new players. If you give a new player a deck with Sora in it and they play Sora and they say, okay, I can get a Donald or a Goofy card. Well, let me look at my 60 cards here and try to find which one do I even want? What's best for the situation right now? And then 15 minutes later, they've played a card. And then five minutes after that, they realize they got the wrong one. So tutors lend themselves to a lot of time. It's like a card it's like a lot of cards that ask you to shuffle your deck. It takes up time. And I don't think that's really new player friendly. Yeah, I, I don't mind the tutors as long as it's a specific tutor. So like getting a goofy or a Donald, you mm. know the sixty cards in your deck most likely unless you're borrowing a deck, which that could be the case. But you're normally going to be limited to two or three options maybe yeah. at most. So I like mm-hmm. that it is limited. <laughs> And if you make the wrong choice, you make the wrong choice. Yeah. Um, the, the time part does get old, especially if it happens, you know, if there's a ton of tutors. Yeah. But I could I could easily see this saying, go get, like, a specific Goofy or a specific Donald, mm-hmm. even just one other card. And if I would have like made that, I would have done that. Yeah, partner <laughs> in Commander. It goes and gets a specific, a specific card. That yeah. tutors like that, even yeah. if even if the shuffling's in the game, it's like, oh, or we have a Mickey Mouse that says, go get... A certain something, you know, yeah. one of those things. Go get goofy. That eliminates the decision. Making eliminates I was the decision where you pull that card, you put it in your hand, and you shuffle mm-hmm. it up. Even though I don't like the extra shuffling. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the one thing I'm like, 
Yeah, time-wise. Right, well, Kingdom Hearts or not, we can call that a Mickey Mouse if we want to for the means of yeah, voting. Yeah, but the shift films uh, are much better. Okay, <laughs> well, teaser for Tyler's new blog about Kingdom Hearts cards. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, I don't have enough time to make you, a blog, thank man. Thank you, Anthony, for giving a... us the Sora card. Alex, Let me devote what an is entire your podcast card for, for round two? Okay, so my card is going to be an Amber Song card. Ooh. It is going to be an eight-cost uninkable an uninkable oh. is for the balance, mm. but because I know it is it a song. Is anything eight? Nothing in amber is even eight cost right now. Oh Kurt, no. Well, yes. Uh, Hades. Hades. Hades, Hades, Hades could sing this. Yes. Okay. And um, it's funny enough that you did a eight cost Mufasa <laughs> in Ruby, but oh, wow. this card is the Circle of Life. Oh. So Mufasa could technically sing the song it's or another eight cost. Of life. So of course, since it's being a song card, it can be sung with eight or more cost. Um, by exerting it, and then the effect is because the uh, reanimation player inside oh. of me is dying for a reanimation card. Yeah. Return all car, all character cards that cost two or less from your discard pile to the battlefield exerted. Wait a second. All two or less from both players' discards? No, from your. Okay. From your discard oh. pile. So oh, Amber okay, tends to, to lean itself to a lot of small characters, yeah, especially sure. what's like Stitch. So this being a top end, you don't have to play four of them. Play one or two mm-hmm. of them, and then you drop it. They all come out, but they're exerted, so they don't work with Stitch because that would be absolutely busted. Mm-hmm. It, oh, my gosh. Oh, man. So I did try to balance the card yeah. really hard with that. Um, I really want to make it inkable, but every single card that brings back cards currently is uninkable with Hades mm-hmm. and with part of your world. Need some risk. So I had to make it uninkable, but I really wanted to make it inkable because it really pained me. But okay. that being to get, and it's all two costs or less because three costs, yeah. I started thinking about, well, I could get Maleficent back and then you're drawing a card. I was like, mm-hmm. two costs seemed like a good line from it. And coming back exerted means, well, they can't really do anything on your turn. Your opponent can deal with them or Just if they don't wait. deal with them. Oh, I love the card. And thematically, it's beautiful because everything returns. It's a circle. It's a circle. No corners. So <laughs> um, I love it thematically. The fact that they come back exerted, very fair. If it's inkable, busted. Don't print that. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> uninkable. That's the fact that we don't know anything other than Hades that's eight cost means that sucker's probably getting paid for. And I do like the flavor that you know returning resources from your graveyard's a tricky a tricky situation because immediately you think, well, am I going to get eight ink worth of characters back from this? Well, it doesn't matter because they were dead. Exactly, so they're coming back. So even if you get four one cost things and it's only four inks worth of characters, you didn't account for having those characters anyways. Yep. They're just back and questing next turn. So deal with them. And your opponent didn't account for them either because you could have no board. I really wanted to card that. Could swing mm-hmm. it back in your favor late game. Say yeah. you've exhausted all your resources. You they've they've banished so many of your characters, and but then the you play that, this, though. and then if they aren't prepared for it, it could swing a game back instantly. Mm-hmm. With the th- the thing with that though is the, I think the thing that we're not talking about at this point is the fact that yes, it is a song card. Hades is a shift character. You it is a shift seven. six. Mm-hmm. You could play this on seven. Yeah. No, it's six. Yeah. yeah it's you could play this si- on six. You could play that turn six. Which would be awesome. Everything just went horribly. <laughs> shift on turn six and then boop. But see, I'm going to play technically, all the one drops. And technically, when you think about it, having this and Hades in your hand would normally feel bad unless you have the other Hades on the battlefield. Yep. But that's why I had, I had to make it uninkable. There was no way to make it inkable and it be balanced yeah. <laughs> at all. No, for sure. For sure. Well, that brings us actually kind of ironically to my card for round two is also a Lion King song. Hey, it is great, inkable great though. Songs, great it is songs. inkable though. It is a sapphire song that is six cost inkable. The song is "Be Prepared." So it's Scar's. Yeah, song. we'll be prepared for what? So be prepared for this card text. So. It's definitely not Scar's the death of the game. song has to be singable by Scar, right? Which is one of the weird things about Friends on the Other Side. Yeah. We have, yeah, I have to bring Basilier that up because it makes me it. so mad that he can't sing his They'll own make song. us another one. Yeah, but they need to. For now, oh, gosh, they do need to. Scar, as a six-cost character, can sing this six-cost song. But you're wondering, Jacob, what the heck is it? What well, is it, Jacob? It is a song that says, Until the end of your next turn, this turn, your opponent's turn, and your next turn, 
until the end of your next turn, draw a card each time a character is banished and your characters get plus two strength. Holy cow. Here's the thinking. I built this card flavorfully, and here's why. What does, to be, what does being prepared mean? Being prepared means that you can take any challenge, right? Right. Well, with plus two strength, you can take any challenge, and you're going you're gonna to leave some bodies behind you. So here's the deal with this card. I wanted it to be a, both a proactive and reactive card. If I just make it draw a card each time a character's banished, it leaves the door open for no one to get banished because your opponent doesn't quest with anything or doesn't challenge with anything. Well, how do I make it more proactive? Well, I could give myself plus two strength so that I could use it proactively to buff my characters and swing on the turn that I play this and remove more stuff or use it proactively as get plus two strength as in you don't want to mess with my stuff when I quest with it or while I leave it exerted because it's going to hurt a lot more to swing into my stuff. But that doesn't change the fact that you still want to leave the door open to being prepared for questing scenarios. Being prepared for questing scenarios means how do you eliminate the risk of questing? Questing leaves your characters exerted, open to challenges. If they're going to challenge into you to remove you, well, they're going to have to give you a card for it. For each character that gets this buff, because this doesn't say... I'm not sure on the balance of this if this like is like a board wide effect for like new characters I play next turn or whatever, but I'm just saying probably each, not. I would probably see everything that's on the battlefield. Notably, turn. this says each time a character is banished, not one of your characters is banished. Yeah, that's the busted so, part. I think. Okay, maybe it's overpowered. But <laughs> I love right it. now. I'm throwing it in the over, when, when I yeah, when it's I going made in the this card, I thought right to myself, now. God, I'm getting chills. <laughs> it's so good. But my line of thinking was. I quest with all my stuff, or I sing this action, leave it exerted, but say, hey, if you want to attack into me, I'm going to get a card out of it. It could be a refresh in the later game because it's six cost. Uh, for all, your, all the characters you have, whenever they get removed, get, right. get some refill action for your hand. And because it says the opponent's characters banishing get you a card, it also lends itself to more, more aggressive decks that have built up a board at this point to say, hey... I'm going to swing into your stuff after playing this action, and I'm going to get like three cards because I'm about to remove all your stuff with my buffed up dudes. So I did not have room on the card for flavor text, but I just want to you know, say that the flavor text of the card was supposed to say, I know it sounds, it, I know it may be sorted, but you'll be rewarded. <laughs> so it may be mischievous oh, or you know, evil, but you'll be rewarded for it. So be prepared. Six cost. Sapphire yeah. Inkable song. That's I, I love the flavor and everything, and I think for the most part it's pretty balanced. The only thing I could see is it being, you know, when whenever your you banish, okay. when your characters banish, you draw a card, and then maybe to help it out for your opponent's turn instead of a plus two, because that's going to stay. Mm -hmm. Instead of a plus two, maybe a plus one, plus one, plus you get a buff in your willpower and in your strength. Okay, so you do have that. Well, now I got a big buff, big booty mm -hmm. as well. So yeah. something like that. But the the main, the main the part would be the, this time banishing on on, the, your, on their, opponent's your opponent's turn to get to draw a card. <laughs> I just be like, well, I guess I can't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I'm prepared, so that's yeah. the thing. Or or, uh, or even saying like oh. until the end of your opponent's next turn. Yeah. So I you see don't. That. They could just quest, mm -hmm. leave all your stuff up, just quest out, and on yeah. your turn you don't get to draw the cards. But they mm -hmm. they couldn't challenge anything. I guess one thing I wanted to keep in mind, because I, I like thought about though. that. I yeah. thought about that scenario. I was like, well, what if they just quest? They want to quest anyways. Yeah. And I was thinking, well, if they quest, I want this card to have use usefulness next turn. Right. Because I'm yeah. prepared for that too. Yeah. You know? And I also wanted to keep in mind It can be that an overpowered card. That's okay. As a matter of being prepared for anything, I also kept in mind that this takes into account being removed by actions. Yeah. Because if my character gets removed by actions, like Dragonfire, right. I'm also prepared for that. I get a card. Holy cow. Anyway. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Stuff has to, hey. stuff has to get hey. banished for it to happen. Hey. Maybe I that, should change it. That's, that's overpowered, probably. Hey. Whatever. Okay. I know mine definitely gonna, so far. Definitely going to fall into that overpowered section. Okay. That well, was awesome. Tyler, that's what is awesome your card? card okay. So going back to Big Hero 6, I have Hero Hamada, Tech Genius. He is a two-inkable sapphire card with uh, his one-two... Uh, storyborn hero uh, with one lore, and his ability is Micro Genius. After this character quest, reduce the cost of a Baymax by one. Oh, so that I I feel like it. He, he's balanced. 
mm-hmm. and it balances out the other Baymax, but it also makes the Baymax really good because now you're playing a two drop. It's a one two that, lore. That's okay. that's a two. I think it's a one two or yeah, it's a one lore. But you're playing a you're you're playing a one drop or two drop that now heals a character for three. Yeah, like that's that. I felt like that was really good. And the flavor text is: I am so good at this. Nothing could possibly go wrong. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> And it's that moment where him and um, and Tadashi are on the back of that scooter. He's like, I can't do it. There's, there's nothing. There's nothing I can do that's wrong. We're, we're golden. And they get stopped by the cops. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, I do think it's interesting, too, that um, he could quest. If you have two of them, you could make Baymax two less. Or three yeah, of them, you could make yeah, Baymax so two having, less. Having multiples plays really well for that. And I also want to point out that at some point, I would like this idea to also lower the shift cost. Hmm. Okay. Because that, it should. Yeah. It will. Technically yeah, it, it will. lowers the cost it of lowers a, the a Bayamax. It lowers the shift cost. Shift that cost. is how it works. Yes. Okay. So that, cause they've clarified that with like lantern and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I think that that lends itself to being a very, very good card long-term because I want this to eventually be a shift form thing gotcha. that also plays well with Baymax. Well, yeah, that, yeah, the shift makes even more sense because right now you're like lowering Baymax to a two cost. But he is but a two cost. He is, he's a two cost. He's he a, is two a two cost. cost. So it doesn't, they don't, you yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. for, for curve wise. Yeah. But also I could see Hero even having like a one three or something mm-hmm. like that because Baymax can get hill up to three. And so if they don't, if they do two on him, yeah. then. Baymax could heal him as soon as he comes out and, next turn. And I think part of the I reason like why I, I like say that. one three or two lore, personally. Yeah, I, know, I think I, I think yeah. one two and two lore is probably yeah. the better idea. Um, I was trying to make him balanced with Baymax mm-hmm. because I felt like if I if I made oh, I like if I made I him like too, too strong on the back end on on willpower or on uh, yeah mm-hmm. um, on willpower, I felt like I was going to do too much. Yeah, and he does have. Not a whole lot of survivability because obviously fire the cannons is a thing, yeah. but I felt like he was just balanced enough where eventually when I do create a shift form of this, that I, I'm not going to make it overpowered. I'm going to try yeah. very hard, <laughs> but uh, the eventuality is to make it a little bit, a little bit easier, but yeah. all right. Well, that wraps up our create a card round. And just as a quick reminder, we will be making polls for what we have as the most overpowered, most balanced, and best flavor. I think the candidates should be pretty obvious on most overpowered, apparently. Yeah. Um, well, sure. I mean, there's one candidate, but there could be multiple hey. candidates. <laughs> no. There's multiple candidates, I guess. I'm just saying, there's one obvious candidate. Then there could be... We'll, be. We will decide amongst ourselves for nominations. But hey, we can be prepared the, for that. Yeah, we will be prepared. <laughs> you will always be prepared for anything. Yeah. So what we'll, we'll do is for our polls, we will just have... Our own internal three picked, and then the fourth slot for the poll will be your own vote in the comments. It's actually for uh, sure. intent, like whatever you think is the most overpowered in the overpowered poll. If we didn't put it, you can tell us in the replies. Yeah, you below. can you can hit uh, the fourth option, yeah. and then tell us which one in the comments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So that leads us to our mailbag section. Woohoo! And we do have two questions today. Our questions are from. Technically the same people. The two two of the same people that asked last week. But Definitely hey, the most active as people far as I'm saying, good for them. They are listening. We really appreciate it. We appreciate their involvement. So we're going to get one more chance at getting this guy's name right. All right? I think he deserves it. He, he, he said we were okay for not getting it right. Even his family doesn't get it right sometimes. Which is hilarious. I'm going to go ahead and try a different way just in case this is right. So, Nick, if we get it right this time, let me know. We're going right. to keep trying, Nick, until we trying. get it right. We're going to try every I'm time. I'm going to say it's Nick Gigalis. That's okay. what I'm going to say. I'm okay, going to give the second syllable emphasis. Let us know, Nick. What did we say last time? Gigalis? G- we yeah, said Gagalis. Oh, oh, yeah, I said yeah, Gagalis. I'm just going to say Nick Gigalis. Gigalis. If that's what it is. Anthony, how about you read Nick's question for us? All right. So, if there is another Synergy deck led by an Amber character we haven't seen, who and what do you think it would be, either in this set or a future one? I'd have to imagine there will be a Prince deck, but I'm looking forward to what else you think of allies, sorcerers, or dreamborn slash floodborn slash storyborn hmm. would be fun too. That's a great question. Nick. Great question. Great question. All right. Well, I'll go ahead and take the answer here. 
I'll lead, lead the charge on the, on the question. So you kind of referenced that we haven't seen, because we both know that Hades t- kind of does what you're talking about too, not just Stitch with low cost and not just um, Moana with princesses. Hades has the villain stuff, but here's what I was thinking. I think it'd be really cool because the characters already referenced on LeFou, I think Gaston could be a wonderful character to be an ally-focused uh, character. Yes, oh, he is a villain. Allies, that's a good idea. Because what is Gaston known for other than, I think we kill the beast? He Inc- said we. Inciting riot. Yes. Yeah, he, he gets all the allies together mm-hmm. to try to go take out the okay. beast. He riles up a crowd and gets something done. Now, Nothing's I more fun, too. I just want to add to it because I like your idea a lot. Nothing's more fun than having, like, a bunch of allies, because normally the allies are kind of the weaker cards mm-hmm. and something to support them all. Yeah. It's like, you know that one, two, two, that's vanilla? And yeah. he's going to be awesome. Yeah. Funny enough <laughs> that you Gaston. say support, because if Gaston is the, the hero of all allies or the villain of all mm-hmm. allies, he's bringing a chicken with him. <laughs> hey, hey. Yeah, hey, hey. Hey, hey, we'll be in the deck. Amber, like you suggested, Nick, currently has a ton of allies. Bunch. They are the character kind of theme yeah. deck. I mean, so, I because LeFou, as an ally himself, a two-cost ally that says that your Gaston costs one less, or I think it's no, he it costs LeFou? one less LeFou if Gaston is out. The thing is, Gaston, I could see easily, if he's wanting to incite riots and build allies up to for his own intentions, Gaston could be a very powerful card by giving all allies extra strength. All right, so it's... if. LeFou says, if you have a character named Gaston in play, you may pay one less to play this character. So, he's questing for two as Question well. Question for two. LeFou's very good if Gaston's on board. So, with Gaston, let's say if you have him, all allies get plus one strength. That would immediately be good because it'd make all those one ink two twos, let's make three it busted. twos. Plus one, plus one. Plus one, plus one, yeah. Make oh him the gosh. feature. And an anthem. An anthem for them all. That'd and be crazy. I think, I think it'd be super flavorful if they made Gaston cost three, because what could he... Ah, the, the Beast is Mine is not a song. Dang it. I was thinking he would work perfectly with The Beast oh, is yeah. Mine, you know, giving him reckless. But Gaston Errata should the card. definitely... <laughs> Errata the card. Make it a song. Uh, Gaston should definitely pump up allies yes. to incite a crowd, incite violence. I love it. Why not? All right. So that brings us to our next question. This question is on Twitter. On Our Twitter handle is at ReadySetDrawTCG. The mailbag question on Twitter was from Citizens of Lorcana. Love that guy. He says, in what scenarios would a card like Magic Mirror be useful? <laughs> for, those, for those of you who don't know, Magic Mirror is a meme card, but also one of Jared's favorite cards. And I commend him. I love pet cards. It's a great thing to have. But that's Jared's pet card. So, so it's not good. Just uh, skip this part and uh, don't play the card. All right. I, I want to give a real answer. You can put it I in tried. your fire. I tried. I tried. That's <laughs> always that's a way of using it. So keep yourself warm until like five years when it becomes good because yeah. they play another card. Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Boom. There you go. You're playing the wrong game. So, I, I'm sorry, Jared, for my friends here. Um, you have to have item synergy to make a card like Magic Mirror worthwhile. That's the point I want to drive home. You have to have other stuff that buffs it up because something that lowers that freaking yeah, activation yeah. cost. Well, you do so with Bell. Bell, Bell, the, Bell lowers the price, price to play, to play the, the card. card. Yeah, but that isn't that does nice. But the, I get what you're saying. The activation yeah. cost. So here's, there has to be something that lowers activation because paying four to draw a card is not good. Well, we figured that out. When yes. We have uh, uh, friends on the other side. You pay three or you sing it. Yeah, like, yeah. The main reason that it's it comes off as weaker is because. Amethyst has so much other better yeah. card draw. Yeah. yeah. So if it was like in a different color, I could see, I mean, Ruby and Emerald have zero yeah. card draw. I could mm-hmm. see some, if it was like a different color, they'd be like, you know, you got to have card draw. Well, so, I think, I think Citizens I like of Lorcana like answered his own question in a way on Twitter as well earlier. And I noticed one of his replies to another Magic Mirror post he made because he makes a lot of Magic Mirror posts or was that maybe Is the, that a meme in and he of said itself? the good queen Grimhilda, but I'm saying the evil queen Maybe the evil queen could reduce the cost to activate Dang, item you abilities. Beat me to my thought, man. Uh, I straight up. 
I straight up thought that, like one hundred percent. I was suggested. I was sitting it over here. I was like, I want to give him credit because I could think you could make it busted. Like it could legit say magic mirror costs zero. Oh, that's true. To exert, yeah. But you had to have that. You had that two cards in your deck in play. It works perfectly with the evil queen because she's already going to be an amethyst. If that's the case, it's playable. You can put it in your deck. Yeah, one hundred percent. If Grimhilda put four of them things in there, you're good. It could be the witch form, or it could be the evil queen form. Either way. If she had text that was like, I don't know, something that you could play like a one cost evil queen villain that was a one one and it said that your activated abilities of items cost one less, that would be perfectly fine because then you could just play multiple of them. I'm looking for that poison apple item card that specifically says that. Yeah, I think she should have that synergy. You pay three and tap it and you deal two damage to a particular card. Like, I Mm -hmm. think. But it's an item. It's reusable. Mm-hmm. I think that would be wonderful in that color for yeah. that particular setup. Like I think it's perfect because then it gives it gives Amethyst what it doesn't have control. Well, I think that kind of speaks to the the true answer of the question. We have to go to a lot of work to make it the magic mirror work, and that kind of wraps up the final question of the mailbag. So we will send out another tweet this following week with the mailbag opportunity to ask questions that we can answer live on the show. Yeah. We appreciate all the questions people ask, and we appreciate you listening to this episode. Tyler, why don't you send us out? Yeah, so if you haven't already, uh, please like, share, and subscribe. We appreciate all of the love and support that we've gotten from the community, and we continue to uh, try and give back to the community with content and uh, and obviously bringing questions from you guys onto our channel and being able to answer uh, fun and interesting things that you guys like to send to us, even meme-worthy things such as Magic Mirror. Uh, so if you if you could, you know, do do the things that you know that you do with YouTube. Uh, we love you guys, and uh, this uh, Ready, Set, Live, signing out. <laughs>